Welcome to Personal Podcaster, the place where you learn how to create a podcast to develop your career. I'm your host, Angela Chong. Welcome back to another episode of Personal Podcaster. Today, I have Brenda Hernandez Jaimez with me, and she is the founder of AS Media. I'm so excited to have you on the show, Brenda. I want to dive straight into the first question, which is how has creating content developed your career? Oof, that's a very powerful question. It has changed my career for the better and in ways that I never imagined. In good ways, because I always saw myself as a journalist and working in news and in newspapers and interviewing and I, that was like, that was like, no, nope, that's the ceiling. That's, I want to do that. But developing content and creating it took me to a whole other world of saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to fight in the sense, not physically fight, but like fight with myself of trying to convince people how we should share voices and amplify these stories. So by developing content, I realized that I can create my own table, bring many folding chairs and invite people to ultimately change others' lives, but also my own. And it has led me to switch my careers from journalism to marketing, to podcasting, and also founding my business, AES Media. And it really has changed my life. The personal aspect to professionally, I mean, I moved across the country because also I, that's how my, you know, developing content changed me. It changed my way of thinking, my self-confidence. And in every aspect, it has been a positive development. And I can just say to the 22-year-old young girl, graduating from university, from communications, who didn't think she was enough to be a founder, who didn't think she was enough to be an amplifier in a bigger space, I would tell her she is, and to continue developing her skills and share her voice because she will be able to go to places and share a lot of stories to inspire others, but mostly to inspire herself. Yes, Brenda, thank you. That is awesome. Let's segue into that. Let's segue into how did you have the self-confidence to found a business? Well, it was by not having self-confidence in the beginning. Um, so my first professional podcasting job, I was a podcast manager for a daily podcast, and it was really amazing. You know, on the side, I was also doing ADS. But I know I grew it to the top 100 business business podcasts. I, you know, we brought a lot of guests like Gary Vee and, you know, a lot of people were like the downloads, everything. We were growing, we were bringing in sales. And I unfortunately did not have the great management at that time. And it was coming from, from both sides of of community in the sense like someone who was from my uh, Latino community, they weren't very supportive. And then a woman was also ve not very supportive, you know, and 
um, didn't have that recognition, didn't have uh, the paying recognition, didn't have, it took a while to get the title recognition of it. Um, and I was told by my last manager in that role that um, I didn't have a strong voice to you know, lead a webinar in terms of podcasting. And that was very shocking because I, at that point, had been producing my show AGAS for about two years at that point. And I had grown this podcast, this daily podcast. And after that time, not after that time, like quickly after, like a month later, I, you know, parted ways with the company. And a month later after that, I started my business, AGAS Media. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to show everyone, especially to myself, that I can. I grew a community on my own podcast and through my, you know, this business podcast that I was producing on my, at my job, I can do that for others. I want to work with people that have the same values as me. I also want to work with people who's, who has been told that their voice isn't strong enough. And by going through that experience of management pushing me down, saying that I was too ambitious, saying that my voice was not strong enough, and going through therapy, of course, and also having these constant conversations with my guests who were dealing with the same thing that overcame it and provide advice to my listeners and ultimately to myself, I knew that that was time for me to start my business and to just not dwell on those negative words. Absolutely. What is wild to me is that there's so many other underrepresented people groups within podcasting who are willing to tear others down. It's just so wild and sad. And so I'm happy for you that you were able to leave that environment and know your self-worth and know that you can do this. How did those words from your manager affect thoughts or affect your next step? And how did you overcome them more tangibly? How did you overcome that negativity? Yeah. So to be honest with you, I won't say like, oh, I overcame it quickly. No, it was really un like it pierced my heart and my soul because I was like, oh, we changed managers. You know, she's a woman. She's going to support me. She's going to recognize all the work that I've done. And to hear those words, but also to see it reflect on my salary and just not full on like circle, not no support at all. It took me to a really dark hole. Um, but at that point, I was already through therapy because my past manager had like awful experience. So I, by actions, after that call, I told my therapist what had happened and I was just shocked. And she said something to me that I was just, one, I didn't believe it. But now reflecting back, I was like, oh, you were right. She said, I think she's scared of you that you're going to take her job away. Yeah, it always boils down to something like that. It's like a threat or some sort of ego or competence issue for sure. Wow. And at that moment, I was like, but I don't even want her job. I just want the recognition and the support. I want mentorship. That's what I wanted at that time. Um, and 
when I decided to part ways, the actions that I took was, okay, you're telling me that my voice isn't strong enough. Well, what do I need not to show you, but to, to show myself and to remind myself that my voice is strong enough. Continue hosting a yes, developing, continue to hone my craft, go to therapy still because I was, I had, the reason why I had gone to therapy was because I knew that my self-confidence had taken a hit. My voice had taken a hit. I even through hosting a yes, I kind of felt like an imposter. And three was, okay, if you say that I'm not strong enough to lead a webinar, I'm going to do my own webinars. So I did my own virtual webinar and 25 people came, how to start their podcast. I did uh, weekly lives on my Instagram page and people would join, they would ask questions. And that led me to be invited on the Mujerista, which is a Latina media company to host a webinar on podcasting. Then that led to do another, you know, interview for this uh, by Products by Women, which then led to me submitting um, at Podfest to do my first keynote experience in person. And that was a whole year after that. But I was still continuing doing my own like weekly lives, webinars, like doing it, doing like I'm going to develop my voice. Because I was thinking maybe hosting is different from webinars. You know, I have to be, there's a theme, there's a topic, um, but not really. It's, it's kind of the same. It's just different settings. And from there, I realized, oh, the reason why I got this keynote, the reason why I got invited to these, doing these webinars. Oh, and last but not least, I got invited to do a class for the University of Public Relations and marketing in Peru, in Spanish. So I led a class for, you know, I was invited by the professor to talk about podcasting and digital marketing. So it all of that was because I put the work of showing myself, hey, you do actually do have a strong voice. You know what you're saying. You're an expert in this. And then because I was doing the work and I saw the opportunities when they were placed in front of me, I took advantage of that. And then it led to invitations and collaborations. And that's, that's just the power of you putting yourself out there and believing in yourself. Yeah, I didn't know all of that. That is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. You just getting one of those opportunities is so great, but to have all of them happen, gosh, it's like vindication. Yes. Yes. And I even, so I did actually a viral, it, for me it was viral. I did a reel on Instagram about, you know, um, when my manager tells my voice isn't strong enough and I like close my, my laptop, like, like what? And then it changes to me doing my first in-person keynote. And I don't, after that, I was just like, I need to take a step back from social, but it was a lot of views and it like freaked me out, but it connected with people because I wasn't the only one that has been told by a manager that, you know, they don't have a strong voice. So, and then obviously leading to the boom, well, keynote in person at a conference. So yes, 
Yeah, and how unfortunate that there are so many managers like that. That is, that's just truly devastating too. I wanted to ask one more question about how did your manager's words influence how you run your company? Ooh, so my manager's words, but also many other negative words throughout my life have influenced how I run my company. Um, uh, another story, a high school teacher when I was living in Mexico told me that I would never amount to anything, that um, it would I would be very lucky if I, you know, did anything with my life. And it was very hurtful because she was also a woman. And, and I realized that kindness and being just giving an extra ear to another person and providing a safe space to them is so necessary because I didn't have that through my, with a couple of, you know, with that teacher, um, with a couple of jobs. And I now realize reflecting back, I was always seeking that and always building that with anything that I did. And I'm very grateful to say that now I now have that. I have a safe home where I feel very supportive by my partner. And um, I am building a company where not only do I was an extension of the work through AGAS, where I created a safe space for my guests and my listeners to share their stories, but also to have my listeners be inspired to continue with their path. It was extension through my work of working with other business founders, um, authors, you know, and I realized through other underrepresented voices, because just as my community, the Latino community has had that, other communities have had that too. So I am now running my company with empathy, with kindness, with a safe space, knowing that you will be heard that not heard, but listened to. And I will ask questions so we can continue to know what exactly is what you want through your podcast, how you want to change it through your business, to your community, and how you your voice has the power to bring a positive impact. So all those negative things I have, I know, and my clients know. So I envelop that with kindness, empathy, support, community, passion, and empowerment. And that's how I think everyone should lead the company, but that's how AGES leads and is making a change in podcasting. Absolutely love that. That's awesome. You've overcome imposter syndrome, which is incredible. And I'm sure that's a work in progress, but how did you know you had something to say? And literally, how did you know what you wanted to talk about? Yeah. So I knew I had something to say the moment I was just done with traditional media and realizing from a young age, I mean, I love movies, I love shows, and but realizing that there was the same story, the same narrative for Latinas. And I knew with my background in communication and marketing that I could change that narrative and bring on Latinas who also had the same experience as me and, you know, change that narrative and communicate directly to our community. And because 
growing up in California, I saw that. I always knew I have something to say because what I'm seeing and listening is very different. And no one's no one's talking about my experiences, my friends' experiences. Well, let's do it. Um, and that's how I knew. That's how I knew. And then with every episode, I realized every experience is different. And through my... I, there came a point where I'm like, oh, I'm not the one that should be saying this. It's my guest. But then I realized, no, it's through me listening to them, through my own experiences and what I went through also develops these stories and how they're amplified. Because I get to ask the questions because maybe I had that same experience or maybe I want to know more. It's just leaning into that person who is curious and wanting to learn people's stories and amplify it. So it's kind of an easy, like I always knew that I had something to say, but throughout the journey was just also getting that imposter syndrome, but then realizing people are coming back because I am also helping shape these stories of how they're being amplified. So um, yeah, it's a journey of up and down, but then realizing why people connect with you and then you should lean into that and don't mistrust yourself like there's a reason why people are listening you know every time you publish an episode what a refreshing take on that you don't have to be the one sharing your story you could be the one asking questions to help shape the story what a powerful statement I know we've talked about underrepresentation for hosts and podcasting, and I think that leans into, you know, you as a host, you as a founder can really also make a difference. You don't always have to be the guest or always sharing the journey. You can also influence in a different way, and that's so exciting. So my next question, we've talked a lot about AS Media, and we've talked a lot about your podcast hosting with your company. How did you know you wanted more than just a podcast? How did you know entrepreneurship and helping other businesses was right for you? Yeah, so that was a long journey. I knew that there was more to the podcast in the very beginning. I knew that I wanted to grow something bigger. I mean, it was already big when I started, right? After the 10th episode, I started reaching out to big guests and they were saying yes, like Ashley Tipton from uh, Project Runway, um, Andrea Vamonde, who used to work in Vogue, Mexico. And like, I would, I would reach out to big people who I admire profession- professionally, and they would say yes. And I knew that this podcast, I mean, I'm so grateful that they're more Latina hosted podcasts, but I knew that it was different because of my skills and my background as a professional, but also as who I am as a person. And what I'm bringing into every episode, I knew that my community deserved more because I'm just remembering Brenda of eight years old want would have wanted something like this, you know, and I knew this is going to be bigger. I want this into a media company. And I remember the first year anniversary episode that I did, I told my listeners, I don't want this to be a media company. I don't know how or how I'm going to get there, what we're going to do, but it's going to be that. And Throughout the journey of producing it, a lot of my friends, a lot of my guests would also tell me, well, 
they would tell me like, well, yeah, it's providing services because you're amazing at this. You're every episode you do, you know, you, how you produce it, how you do the marketing for it. Um, you know, you don't pay PR to, to get these like mentions at this places. Like all that you do is like, you, you know, like you should work with others to, to do their own podcast and like to grow it. And I was just like, no, I don't want to do that because the imposter syndrome in myself is like, ah, no, I'm not the you know expert in this. But oh, through that experience, through that management, and you know, um, parting ways, I knew that I am the best person to do that because I've got all these experiences uh, and these I these situations and these lessons and this knowledge that I can give to my clients if they went through that the same thing, or maybe they didn't, and I want them to avoid that, you know, and just make their process smoother, their journey into an easy transition into podcasting. Um, but also throughout my journey of providing services, like an all, like, you know, all production services to my clients, I realized, hey, this doesn't actually bring me joy like starting and launching shows for other people, editing, especially editing for other shows, and then continuing my craft and my professional development into podcasting, I realized that um, what brings me joy is strategizing with my clients, asking those questions like, okay, what do you see your podcast? Um, how does it connect with your brand? How does it connect with your story? How does it connect your, with your clients and translating that into your audience? Creating a strategy that is strong, a, a foundation, so they can, you know, develop a good podcast and a, a journey, but also, you know, connecting them with the right guest because at the end of the day, the guests become part of your community, become part of your supporters, become part of your future clients or partners and advocates because that happened to me. I had that same result, you know. My guests have become my friends, have become my supporters and advocates, and also marketing. I love marketing and showing how you don't have to post on social media every day to gain listeners, but you can market yourself through other podcasts to gain new listeners. But maybe you can post about the topics that you cover on your show to continue the conversation, to bring that awareness to people who when they're tired of scrolling through TikTok or Instagram or LinkedIn, they can say, oh, Brenda has this podcast that she talks about, um, talks with Latinas about imposter syndrome, growing in their careers. Now that I'm, you know, have free time, I'm going to go and listen to her show. So it's just, I knew that that was what brings me joy when I develop my own show. And I realized if I can translate that joy to ellas, then I want to do that to my clients for their shows. So, but it's obviously going through that and learning in the process and realizing uh, I'm not everything for everyone, but I'm this for these people. So what a good distinction. Not everything for everyone. You have a niche, you're sticking to your niche, and it's really clearly working, which is commendable. Were you surprised or what was your feeling when you when you started to notice that people were saying yes to your invitations? 
I was, I mean, I'm always surprised, you know, <laughs> I'm always surprised. I'm always excited. I always cry. Um, and I always screenshot and then share it to my mom or, you know, my cousins. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this guest on the podcast. Um, and, but then I realize, and then I take a step back and I say, well, of course they said yes, because I'm reaching out to the correct people that also align with who I am and who a yes is. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think I always go back to my thinking, my education and communication. Because that really developed who I am as a communicator and as someone in this industry in podcasting. Because I, every time I invite someone, I already before them follow them. I am very active. Uh, they know they are, they're aware of me, so I'm always in their comment section. I'm a big fan. That's like step number one. Step number two is sending out the invitation and being very clear as to why you want them on the show and why um, they would bring value to your listeners and what value they brought to you as a person and what my show is about. And because I've been following them and I, you know, they have the same values as me, they obviously connect with that. And they say yes automatically. And, you know, also the episodes do back me up. You know, I've done more than 70 episodes at this point, And my listeners, my community are a reflection of, of also my guests because my guests can go and quickly, like, Googles me, but they don't even have to because I, I link I link everything. I'm like, oh, you can listen here. You know, we've been here. You know, I make it easy for them. I make it easier for them. But also they don't even have to click because I've been following them. And at some point they've been following me back. So they're aware of me in that sense of like, oh, she's legit, of course. And um, it's just, you know, a matter of, I, I guess I wouldn't say difficult part, but what takes a lot of work is like the scheduling aspect. But, you know, that's, that's everything. That's like, that's normal. So yes, to answer your question, it's a shock sometimes, but also like, oh, well, no, I've, I've been developing this for many years. So it, it has worked. Sure. Those are great tips, Brenda. Commenting on their content, being a fan of who your guests are. I mean, I feel like <laughs> this like common sense, but it's, it's also not because you have to put in the work. And I think that's just where a lot of people that do this and then share why you want them on the show versus a cold pitch where you clearly have not listened to their content. And what's interesting is I'm totally guilty of that, but I just, at the very least, I'm like, oh, you have quality content that I've been following on LinkedIn and I know what you're talking about. So even if I haven't listened to a podcast episode or read your blog or read that latest article... I already love what you're saying, you know, and that's why I want to connect with you. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you're recording with them, that's when the fan or interested person that you are of them comes out, right? Because at the end of the day, I feel like what makes an interview podcast stand out is if the host is curious because the listener is curious and you're, you're stepping into the listener's shoes 
because they're not there. So you're, you're, as we said, guiding this conversation, you know, shaping this, the story into making it different from other podcasts that they've been to, right. Or other topics of that they covered before on their LinkedIn or Instagram. And that I have to say, every time I record a show, they're like, oh my gosh, I love this. And I was like, yay, I'm so glad you loved it because you know, I was so nervous, but so excited and being a fangirl. And, but no, it's a good reflection of like, okay, because you're a fan of their work, it's going to reflect on the episode and your listener is going to love it and your guest is going to love it too. And when the time comes to publishing it, they're going to share about it. So you mentioned your communication background helped develop your voice. What are some tangible steps for folks who are just learning about their voice or still defining, still defining that? What would you do? I would do the same thing I did. I would listen to other people's voices and in the sense of listen to other podcasts, uh, go to YouTube channels, uh, read blogs, like just take in a lot of form, t different types of content. And what do you like about them? Why does it reflect back on you? Because if you're not seeing something, that's where your voice can really stand out and say, well, they're not saying this because of this and that. And then it's like, oh, well, okay, that's how you develop your voice. That's how you are able to, like I said, stand out. But also take inspiration. Like, oh, this is so different from this other blog or this other podcast because of so of like how they do this. And it's experimenting. It's take having fun with it. And um, through my content creation journey of, blogs, uh, fashion vlogs, through, you know, podcasting, film podcasting, to ellas, to changing my careers to, you know, going to business and B2B and working with my own clients. It's using the same tips that you give to your clients to yourself. And it's, it's just being curious every time and just get on a call with someone and just have these types of conversations and then have that person say, okay, this is how you develop it. Or maybe you could fix this because it doesn't sound really good or just see how your message can be clear by listening to others. Um, and also how, but you make it your, how you can make it yourself and, make it stand out. So it's just doing the homework at the end of the day. But Brenda, everything I want to say is already out there. Now what? <laughs> Not really. Not really. And unfortunately in podcasting, there's a lot of white men behind the mic that unfortunately have the same uh, viewpoints as <laughs> and not all viewpoints and not all voices and not all stories are out there yet. And I will say, if you think because English is not your first language and you think you're not, you know, your voice isn't good enough to be out there, then I recommend doing it in English, but also in your own first language. Because how you can stand out is by, you know, doing a podcast in Spanish or in another language, because 
there's so many people out there that do not speak English and that they don't want to speak English. So if you can use your own, you know, podcast through another language, you're just standing out there because so many people, you know, English, I, I speak it, you know, it's my first language in learning how to read and write and everything, but you can do so much with other languages and the world doesn't revolve around English. So take that chance, start your podcast in another language, and then also do it in English too, because that's how, you know, you're going to connect with more people. And as we've been mentioning, your viewpoint, your, your story is going to stand out because it's not there, unfortunately. So good. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. The imposter syndrome can feel so real and daunting until, until you and I were talking earlier, until you realize that there's this good, this pressure is sort of off situation where you realize that nobody truly cares until you hit a certain level. And then it's like, oh, I, I might have some, you know, I might have some traction here, but that's, it's just getting started. And I said this back in season one, getting started doesn't have to be as scary because nobody really cares. This is really for you to get started. And then when you grow and you get to do fun stuff and you realize as your journey reflects, Brenda, you realize that you're getting traction and you're helping people and you're helping others develop their voices. That's, that's where you start. That's where the magic happens. When you start. I just commend you. I mean, over 70 episodes on your show. That's incredible. Congratulations. And everyone can go follow you on LinkedIn, right? On LinkedIn, AS Media. Yes, they can follow me on LinkedIn and AS Media as Brenda Hernandez Jaimes. Um, I'm in Angela's Connection if you want to find me through there. I'm on Instagram as AS Media double underscore and visit my website ages-media.com new design there i'm really excited and yeah you can just learn more about me and you can listen to ages wherever you get your podcasts uh really happy to connect with any of you to talk about podcasting how to create a strong strategy connect with the right people and how to create just amazing marketing and graphics for your show Yay, that's awesome, Brenda. Well, I so appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for hopping on and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Personal Podcaster. Thanks so much for joining us today. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. And if you can, please leave us a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.